Hello, welcome to the Geek Show. My name's Ryan, and today I'm joined by Rob and Andrew. My name's Ryan, and normally I'm on Cinema Eclectica, and for some reason, they, they let me on here. It, it, it can only go horribly wrong in the best way possible, so let's go. I mean, you have mentioned your name twice in, like, the opening minute, so that's, yeah. that's setting a good bar. Let, let's keep this going. Yes, I think we should rebalance this by saying... I am Rob. Hello. Okay, good balancing. I was waiting for you to say, say your name. I know, but I refuse to. I shall be the ultimate geek shower with a person who does <laughs> you, things. Are you going to be the Rick Strick of yeah, all I'm time? No, he's going to just give an alias, but oh well. He's going to take a leaf out of Rick and Marty when he confronts the council of Ricks. He's going to be the Andrewest Andrew of all time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, yes, let's go with that. Anyway, uh, right. this, this is the Geek Show. We're part of the Geek Show Podcast Network. Yes. Uh, you can find us online at thegeekshow.co.uk. You can listen to our shows there. You can find other shows there under our umbrella, like Cinema Eclectica, What Ryan Does. Yeah, boy. And and other shows with people who don't say yeah, boy. Like, what are, Rob, what are the names of the shows that we do? We do Four Panel, Literary Loitering, uh, Keyframe, Cinema Eclectica, uh, The Geek Show, Press X, and uh, we've got, like, several other things as well. So, uh, yes. Yeah. That is the, the words that I wanted to say but weren't in my head. Anyway, if you want to help this shambling mess keep lurching forward, you can donate by clicking the donate link on the right-hand side of the website, or you can visit the Geek Shop where we have lots of lovely items that you can buy. And if you want to get in contact on Facebook or on Twitter, and you can email us, studio at thegeekshow.co.uk, or info at thegeekshow.co.uk. Yes, yes. Also on iTunes. Yes, we That's are. That's the thing I forgot to say. Yes, we are. And now I feel like it's time for the news, but we don't have all of the jungle. news. Yeah, all of the news. And we're going to start off with local councils, right? Yes. Now, apparently, the government has basically decided to award £4 million to a basket of apps and data streaming solutions that might help near future you avoid traffic and find a parking space, stuff like that. But, you know, it's. It seems like a good idea. These are all apps that you can put on your smartphone, yeah? Near Future Me does like the idea of actually finding parking spaces. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, but uh, apparently there are so uh, there are certain things that are slightly not quite right. It's a case of one of these things is not like the other. Uh, Reddingborough, for example, uh, has received a whopping uh, £250,000 to fund vague improvements to its roadworks parking and congestion warning system, uh, which is the sort of thing it should be doing anyway. Exactly. Right. Uh, Dozer Council is uh, <laughs> it's getting 182000 to pay for congest- uh, congestion warnings app, which it doesn't actually need because it's Dorset. <laughs> <laughs> There's like three cars. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Blackpool wants 234000 to somehow solve traffic pro- traffic problems with Bluetooth, I'm not sure how that's going to work. Like, I assume that is to launch some kind of genetic science experiment where they fuse the Viking Bluetooth <laughs> with Godzilla and he just destroys all the cars and that's how they fix the traffic. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. when he gets excited, he starts humping Blackpool Tower. <laughs> That is a direction that you've taken it in, Rob. (laughs) Not Blackpool Tower, you'll catch something. (laughs) Oh, yeah. uh, One of the dumbest things I ever heard was that you could see France from Blackpool Blackpool Tower, from the top of Blackpool Tower. (laughs) Like, I don't think that's quite right. And when you said Bluetooth, the Viking. They probably just saw some guy with a sign that said France on it. (laughs) 
<laughs> and got a bit confused. Possibly. This is always an option. <laughs> but it just goes to show that the government still isn't quite clear what this, uh, you know, what this new technology thing is. I just got this mental image of half the MPs going to their children going, how the hell do you work this damn phone? Uh, that's probably actual factor. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Can you imagine if at the end of like all these debates they're having about Brexit, the decision is just we'll make an app. <laughs> Sorry, I was waiting for, for it to finish and then I realised you have actually finished. That is the punchline yeah, and it's a it. great one. <laughs> oh. No, it, it's oh. okay. I'm having to wait several minutes for the response to the joke. Just I'm just trying to comprehend further. I'm just trying to comprehend what would be in the Brexit app. What functionality is the picture of like confused MPs wondering what apps are. <laughs> That's all the app is. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's interesting that we mentioned this traffic congestion app and, you know, all these uh, apps to help you get where you're going because over in Russia, and I'm not sure how this happened, right? Over in Russia... Because in Russia, traffic congests you. More than you think, right? An old Soviet-era military helicopter, you know, one of the okay. hind... 24s. <laughs> yeah. yeah. One of the Hind 24s basically landed on a, on a highway. <laughs> the pilot got out, ran over to a truck that was part of a convoy and asked for directions. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been better though if he was just going to McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, admittedly, there was a blizzard at the time, but um, pretty much all the drivers were sitting there going, what just happened? Oh, no, no, Rob. This is Russia. What happened is all the other drivers sat there and thought, oh, God, not this nonsense again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, they got an exasperated sigh. Uh, sorry, it's not a twenty. It's not a Hang 24. It's the uh, Mi-8 gunship, which cost $10 million. <laughs> it was left sitting in the middle of the highway while the pilot ran out to ask for directions, which means some random kid standing by the side of the highway could have climbed in and took off. I'm surprised they didn't. <laughs> Well, there was a blizzard at the time. <laughs> Still, I feel like in these kind of situations, just the sheer madness of the situation causes a street youth to appear from nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> is, Russia, is Russia just GTA? I'm pretty sure it is. I don't know. I mean, this was this was uh, in Kazakhstan, sorry, not in Russia, but it's close enough. It's definitely GTA then. <laughs> yes. Then the pilot grabbed a jetpack and started firing a rocket launcher at all the police. I don't <laughs> yes. know, maybe the pilot's related to Borat. That, that would explain a lot. <laughs> when you're a pilot in a very expensive, uh, basically a gunship, didn't you describe it as? Yeah, it is. It's an old Soviet-era gunship. It's yeah. a, it, a me Yeah, someone who flies one of those, you would think, would know where they would go, be going. Or, or, or is this like the Kazakhstan version of Mr Bean? Was the pilot the lead actor in some weird sketch for their version of Mr. Bean? It was all just a prank. <laughs> yes. In this version, is Teddy an actual bear? <laughs> 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 he might be. Speaking of bears... Go on. Speaking of bears, uh, you know giant pandas were an endangered species for a while, yeah? Yes, they were. Yeah. And then they had this massive project, global thing, to try and save the panda. 
and the panda became the symbol of the World Wildlife Fund. And everyone, which is every appropriate because pandas are literally the most useless creatures on the planet, except for koalas. They're adorable. They are. Yeah. But like, just have you seen a panda try and do literally anything? Mm, nope. They're just the, these big clumsy balls of fur. Yep. Like, there's so many videos of those like just falling out of trees. Yep. They're there for my amusement. Yeah. But anyway, there is currently an international mission, and I use the ter- the words international mission very specifically because it is a mission, and I'm not sure whether it's an impossible mission, but it is a mission. Bao Bao the giant panda is being taken back to China, and she's being taken back for one very specific reason, to get her laid. <sighs> A China making the Bachelorette Panda edition. <laughs> Sounds like it. Oh I God, would, would, I would watch that. TV show. <laughs> It sounds. I mean, the thing is, I, I'm not sure how to how to process this, but uh, there's a guy called Dennis Kelly, who's the National Zoo director, and he says that uh, Baba is going back, as the ministry said, because it's important she will have a boyfriend, right? <laughs> and so. Uh, I, and then he goes on to say, I want her to make lots of cubs. And I, hang on, isn't this kind of like an arranged but still shotgun wedding? So it's kind of the bachelorette Chinese Chinese redneck version more than anything else. It is, except for the fact that pandas are basically the opposite of rednecks. Yes. Because no matter what you do, they just will not do the nasty. Yeah. I mean, Baba was born at the Smithsonian National Zoo. So I have this. Uh, I mean, so Bao Bao is basically an American giant panda, right? And she's being shipped off to China so she can get Chinese boyfriend. There is a. There uh, is a. Th- this remake of Look Who's Coming to Dinner is starting to sound really weird. <laughs> <laughs> There's a TV series here about panda families. It really is. <laughs> you know, and the more I, the more I looked into this story. The more I was just imagining all those really crappy dramas I that my mum watches on all those Indian channels, you know, with the arranged weddings and everything like that, and you know, daughters being taken from England or America to India to get married to somebody over in India, like, oh my god, it's happening in the animal world now. Everything would be better with pandas. I'd watch Big Brother if it was just pandas. They have the same IQ, so <laughs> Yeah, but you yeah, can't get a panda but... to Every TV show should just have a shot of a panda kind of falling off a log. <laughs> <laughs> Rolling around on the floor. I mean, the, the thing is, all pandas belong to China, right? All pandas belong to China, apparently. And so the Chinese government have the deci- decision on whether a panda stays in the country or not. I don't understand that particular thing, that particular aspect of it. Apparently, there are only 1,800 giant pandas left in the wild, and there are 400 in human care. But they're incredibly hard. Yeah. yeah. They're incredibly hard to breed uh, for a number of reasons. The biggest one being that female pandas only ovulate once a year, and males can't be relied on to get the job done when the time is right. Yeah. The, the main reason being pandas are literally the worst biologically designed creatures on the planet. The thing that confuses they me... Eat, they solely eat a thing with next to no nutritional value. I know. And it just... see, I, I don't understand. Okay, uh, panda... Okay, yeah, save the pandas, everything like that. But evolution is just going to work against them. 
<laughs> you know. I need to find another use for pandas. <laughs> Don't. Because there are lots of rich people who have a use for pandas and it's not nice. Weaponize them. <laughs> Weaponize panda. Are you talking about, like, you know, the flying drawn cat that we saw? The guy who yes. had his cat who has who had his cat stuffed and turned it into a helicopter. Yes. We should do that. To a panda. Yes. Andrew, your thoughts on no. this? Sir, what's happened to the panda plane division? <laughs> well, they seem to have clipped over themselves and are now in a giant heap on the floor. <laughs> Not again. <laughs> That's why. What we need is instead to train all the pandas to go into TV and take all the roles as comedy sitcom butlers. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just remembering, uh, you know, the butler from uh, The Fresh Prince as a panda now. And it doesn't quite work. Just think of all the slapstick. Yes. Ah. Staying with animals in the wild for a second, but moving back to England. The Forestry Commission of England, they've had a remarkable idea about getting kids to basically go traipsing around in the woods with their parents. They want more kids to go and be outdoorsy with their parents in the woods. Yeah? Yeah. So their idea is... To use an app developed by Nexus Studios, which is part of a wider initiative that was launched by the Forestry Commission with forests from Northumberland to Cornwall, they want kids to go out looking for a specific animal, right? Do you know what animal they want They want kids to find? Is it a dragon? Nope. Pikachu. Nope. Although you are closer than you think when you say Pikachu, because this Ooh, has shades of pop. The children just have to go find legions of rats. No... Um, I'm going to say water voles. No, this has shades of Pokemon Go all over it. They're being sent out to find Gruffalo or Gruffalos. Uh, uh, is it Gruffalo? Uh, is Gruffalo the plural of Gruffalo? Is it like Buffalo is the plural of Buffalo? Yes. So anyway, they're basically being asked to use this augmented reality app in a kind of Pokemon Go style game where they wander through a damp forest during late winter, springtime, looking for Gruffalo. But since they're kids, they can't go by themselves, so they have to take their parents. Oh, the parents are going to love that. Oh, yes. I sense a lot of angry parents. <laughs> it's like nature's screaming, there's so much hate in the forest. I think we're going to see a sudden upswing in parents just telling their children, here is the list of things that aren't real. Now stop <laughs> making me go outside and look for them. <laughs> I can think of, think of better things to do on a Saturday than wander around a damp forest looking for something that doesn't exist. Uh, I don't know, like... Saturday evenings, am I right? <laughs> I can just use Pokemon Go. I've got suddenly I've got Geo dudes in my bed. <laughs> no, <laughs> you got what dudes in your bed? <laughs> so, are you saying that's how you get your rocks off? <laughs> oh my! Oh. <laughs> Ryan, you literally left the door open for those jokes. I know that. I may have done that on purpose. I don't think you did. Okay, because otherwise. Oh, oh, I definitely did. I want to believe it did, because otherwise that's just not fair. <laughs> yeah, true, true. But can you imagine if the kid runs up and go, uh, runs up to the dad and goes, Dad, can we go looking for Gruffalo in the forest? We've got this app and it can help us find Gruffalo. The dad's just going to look at them and go, Here, I'll put Pokemon Go on your phone. <laughs> now go out and play with cars. That, that's <laughs> responsible parenting. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, um, it sounds like a great idea. And it sounds like they're basically trying to jump on the Pokemon Go bandwagon because Pokemon Go got all of the Pokemon fans out of the basement and onto the streets. But the problem was they didn't realise just how mean the streets actually were until <laughs> some smart cookies decided to set up a gym 
on a street corner whenever somebody playing Pokemon Go turned up, they'd rob them. This is the thing. Why does everything need an app? You know, if I wanted to go around looking for mythical creatures, I'd just take a load of drugs. Well, we're not supposed to recommend that to anybody, and we don't recommend that to anybody because drugs are bad. Drugs are bad. Drugs, no, drugs aren't bad. They are bad. Bad. <laughs> drugs are bad. Some drugs are good, like paracetamol, you know, if you have a headache. S- Screw you, Rob. It's just not fun. Yeah. <clears throat> Can you imagine how much better life would be if we just mixed in hallucinogenics with the paracetamol? <laughs> See, you know what I never understood was was the term recreational drugs. Because when someone says to me, you know, when someone uses the term recreational to me, I'm imagining, you know, uh, some light sporting activity, maybe go swimming, a bit of croquet, you know, something like that. That's a recreation. But imagine, Rob, if you went out to play tennis... Yeah. And suddenly the rackets are snakes. Oh, God, that would make tennis so much more interesting. Can you imagine if you had the world's top tennis players, but they were on LSD when they were playing? The game would no longer be just you moving your head backwards and forwards across the net while they do one of those really long-ass rallies. It would just be, you know, there'd be screams, somebody mumbling in a corner. The game is actually now just, who can stop licking the asphalt first and pick up the ball? (laughs) Yes. The audience is basically taking bets on who's who's going to come down first. Who is gurning the most? (laughs) Rafael Nadal and Roger Federer in a gurning competition over the net. Yeah. <laughs> now that we've established that drugs are the best <laughs> They aren't really We have to say this They are not We're stressing this Drugs are not good So children Do not use drugs Except for the ones prescribed by your doctor I don't think drugs are Drugs are the best I think drugs are hilarious No Bob No Drugs are irresponsible and bad Ah. <sighs> Screw you, Rob. At least I'm going to go find a dragon. <laughs> oh, anyway, I killed that one, didn't I? I think responsible adulthood killed that one. Yeah, true. The Geek Show is the largest independent podcast network out there. And to be independent, we need a little bit of help every now and again. So if you want something to show your love of The Geek Show, head over to thegeekshow.co.uk, click on the shop and buy some of our lovely wares. Buy them. Buy them all. My name is Quentin Flynn. I'm here on The Geek Show. Uh, why? Because I play Raiden in the Metal Gear series. I am lightning, the rain transformed, and I have been transformed by hanging out on this show. So tune in and turn on, you'll love it. The Geek Show, it rocks. Hello, do you like films? Well, wow, that, that's good. We're over the first hurdle. If you like films and you also like podcasts, you should probably check out The Geek Show's only dedicated movie podcast, Cinema Eclectica. Well staffed with a trained array of helper monkeys, we review all of the latest films every week and do it reasonably well. Jay-Z is apparently the hot new investment whiz kid because he's launching a new venture capital fund with the help of longtime business partner and the president of Rock, Rock Nation, Jay Brown. So the two Jays are basically doing new venture capital stuff to invest in new technology businesses. So he's basically going down the Will I Am route now. Um, he's, he's already had like a Tidal the music service. Which failed. Yeah. Yes. Massively <laughs> and hilariously. Yes. And that's why I wanted to bring this story up because Tidal was kind of a wreck, wasn't it? Yes. I don't know. I think that's more of an understatement. <laughs> so 
now he wants to help other companies by investing in them to mm. uh, i mean if you were a technology developer right and you knew about what happened with tidal and then jay-z came up to you and said i'm willing to invest in your firm i think i'd say thanks for the money jay-z now look at this shiny spoon <laughs> <laughs> and then run away with the money while he's distracted. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'd also do something similar, but the way I'd distract him is uh, just I would, uh, I'd ask for all of his uh, 99 problems, and while he's reciting them, I'll just take all the money. Does he actually recite them in the song? Uh, I can't remember. Because I'm just thinking that that would be a really boring song if he actually recited all 99 problems, you know? Taxes... I got this parking ticket. Ice T originally wrote that song. Clearly, plagiarism is one of Jay Z's problems. Then, <laughs> yes, <laughs> you can also add title to that list. And when did Ice T write that song? Uh, I probably. I, during... I would have to do a Google, but I can't remember. Probably, uh, I would assume sometime before he returned to his, his home planet. <laughs> oh, yes. right. I can make the Rick and Morty references as well. <laughs> the reason why I'm asking about uh, about when the song was originally written because Jersey came up. Uh, Jersey sang it when uh, early two thousands was it? Uh, yeah, around that time. Uh, Ice T wrote it in around nineteen ninety three. Okay, so. Ice T wrote it during the nineties originally for, uh, and Jay Z used. Uh, it was two thousand and four that Jay Z did it. Okay, so what was going on going on in the world in two thousand and four? Because I was hoping it was uh, I, I was hoping it was Ice T during like the eighties, because then we could talk, we could say massive shoulder pads were one of his problems. Mm-hmm. Trying to think what actually did happen in two thousand and four. Things. Yes, things. Things happened in two thousand and four. George W. Bush, he was in charge. Was he one of was he one of the ninety nine problems? <laughs> Most definitely, <laughs> I think um, he was everyone's problem. All I'm saying is, we don't know what the ninety nine problems are, and they could be really, really boring, tedious, everyday problems. They might not be like these world changing, you know, life changing issues. It might just be that he forgot to get by milk yesterday. Yeah, problem thirty eight stood my toe yesterday, and it still hurts a bit. Yeah, problem uh, problem seventy two. I've got this weird growth under my, you know, in my left armpit. I'm not sure what it is. I might have to see a doctor. Problem 98. Thinking of songs is really hard. Wait a minute. <laughs> Problem 99. I can't get in touch with Ice T. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. Uh, Jay-Z is uh, doing stuff, more stuff with tech, and it's. we'll have to wait and see whether Tidal was just a fluke, uh, or a fluke failure, I should say. But we're going to stay in, uh, well, we're going to stay in America with technology for a little bit, because, you know, Apple have basically designed a new campus that looks like a giant spaceship. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, Apple... Where is this? Apple have basically designed a new campus for their employees. It's going to open in April, and... It's a 175-acre campus. It's going to house 12,000 employees, and it looks like something from another view, from another world. It's it's kind of a big spaceship idea type thing, and it looks great. Don't get me wrong, right? Right. Well, do you know? Um, do you know? Here in the UK, we have that ring-shaped donut building for uh, the people who watch over the internet in the UK. There's also a film coming out called The Circle as well, which sounds very similar to this. 
Yeah. Uh, it, it's basically like the in, in the UK, it's like the National Security Council something or whatever it is. I can't remember. Um, I think I'll find they're called the Elders of the Internet and they live in Big Ben because that's where you get the best signal reception. True. But anyway, uh, some of them actually are the, the cronies for them. They live in this donut-shaped building. This is like a bigger version of that. It's like uh, it's like one of those... Uh, uh, my God, it looks like Stargate lying flat on the ground. It actually looks like a Stargate lying flat on the ground. Is that what Apple's been working towards all this time? A Stargate. Yeah. Oh, God, they are making the circle. It, it looks like a Stargate. You know, from the, the movie Stargate and the TV series Stargate, it looks like a Stargate. It also looks like the circle yeah. from that film coming out called the circle it also looks like a large circular building there's the adult coming to ruin the fun again anyway apple have decided to name their new building and it's caused a bit of a uh, it's caused a bit of a uh, how do i say it? caused a bit of a to-do among apple fans who wanted a bit of a snazzier name right um because they could have called, called it the circle no um well, it's Apple, right? And Apple Apple is supposed to be the the cool technology company. So if you're the cool technology company and you have a circular building like that and maybe call it the core, the Apple because then it'd be the Apple core, wouldn't it? Do you see? But that, that works. Yeah, you know, or maybe, you know, they could go with uh, I don't know, Orchard, Apple Orchard, you know. Or the Thunderdome. Or they could just go with (laughs) the Thunderdome, the Apple Thunderdome. Or they could go with Pi, you know, the symbol, the Pi symbol. So you'd have Apple Pi. They could, but that would be too pretentious. And I I think it would totally suit them. Internet commentators over the world would just combust with anger. Yeah. But they've decided to call it Apple Park. Oh. Yeah. That's kind of boring. Yep. It looks like the type of facility that they would house all the mutants. So that would make sense. Just keep them in the park, (laughs) let them fight. (laughs) So. I mean, calling it Apple Park is just... I mean, the current headquarters in Cupertino, which is actually a town, I think, um, or a city in America. Their current headquarters, they call it, you know, when it's referred to, they just call it, you know, Apple's Cupertino headquarters. And it sounds pretentious and kind of amazing at the same time, you know? But just calling it Apple Park feels like a step down. Apple are becoming boring. I don't know, I think they're just being discreet. Then all the bad stuff comes afterwards. Wait, that is true. Apple Park sounds like the kind of deliberately boring name you give your supervillain lair. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) It is just a a building that's built in the form of a ring. Do you think that is on, that is like a ring on the mouth of a volcano, Andrew? Underground volcano lab. Yeah. The most devious of all secret villain layers. And yep. they, they definitely have like a space rocket underneath it as well. Yes, there's just like a giant seam down the middle that kind of splits apart. Oh my god, they're building Tracy Island. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. Yes. Oh, uh, it, but it's actually for their secret military. It's their secret military base. And then when they're ready to attack, all the, you know, it will open up and all the robo jobs will come flying out to uh, enslave the world. Oh my God, yes. I want like a, a version of Pacific Rim where all the tech companies have to like stop the kaijus by building robots. So you have the Amazon mech and the Apple mech. And the Windows Mac, and it just continues. No, but the Apple Mac, you know, is just going to be a giant ro- robotic Steve Jobs with a polo neck. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> yes. Finally, the sequel to Isaac Asimov's seminal work that we've all wanted, I, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can you imagine, though, if they did actually have kind of a butler robot that was basically a 
a, a, a robotic Steve Jobs and they called it the Ice Steve because they could. They I mean, bought... Steve Jobs still runs the company. It's just his head is in a giant iPod now. <laughs> and is this like the uh, the big computer that's trying to find out the meaning of life, the universe, and everything in Hitchhikers? Yes, but it's just a gigantic iPod. <laughs> yeah. like, uh, I can imagine like Steve Jobs is basically like Cerebro, but it's all Apple sponsored. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, anyway, shall we leave Apple to one side and go to school? Don't want to go to school. Right. A Canadian mother oh, in... Oh, God, this is the nightmare that I've had so many times. Yeah. <laughs> Not quite, because this it's is more... It's time to go to school. <laughs> yeah. This is more Breaking Bad than uh, just no- just normally going to school. And th- in fact, this is very, very, very Breaking Bad. A Canadian mother in Ontario was outraged. Outraged, I tell you. She was shocked and horrified after her 13-year-old son was handed instructions as part of a drama class assignment on how to make and inject crystal meth. That's that's some commitment to the role. <laughs> it's a good thing he's not a character actor, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, can you imagine if it was a major Hollywood director going, now, 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 I want you to get into the role. Here's a needle, here's a rubber band, here's that a little bit heroin. Kind of says, fine, I'll do it. <laughs> Just just gives them how to take heroin for dr- uh, dummies. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I mean, seriously, okay, if you're going to have somebody who's going to pretend to be a junkie in the school play, what, number one, that, 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 that raises several questions. Number one, what kind of school are you going to? If you what want happened to, to the tree? <laughs> the place. Exactly. What happened to like, cows and trees and stuff? Now they've exactly. got crack addicts. <laughs> they say this was their nativity play. <laughs> <gasps> it all makes sense now. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, the uh, the it took place at Erin Mills Middle School in uh, Mississauga, Ontario, and the mother, her, what she said to the uh, CBC network uh, when they interviewed her, she says, "You know, I was in a state of shock. I'm thinking this cannot be real, which is fine." But her first words were, "I popped a blood vessel." <laughs> um, <laughs> You said it was middle school, didn't you? He's 13 years old. Oh, my God. The kid's 13 years old. You should be telling a 13-year-old. <laughs> I mean, apparently, the eighth-grade teacher printed out the instructions as part of an acting assignment and instructed the students to act scared when making the drug and to act happy when injecting it. Wow. What do they knew? How many people are they expecting to like stand up in the middle of the play and go, um, excuse me? I think you'll find that's not how you make meth at all. (laughs) Ofsted comes in. No, this is completely wrong. (laughs) This can you imagine though? They've given the instructions out, and the spark kid at the back goes, "Uh, "Sir, is this going to be on the exam?" Yes. Anything below seventy-six percent purity, and you failed. Uh, so yeah, I, I I I read this and my brain almost shut down when I read it. I was thinking, what? I can't really want to know what this play is now. <laughs> the document apparently provides quite specific instructions, like give your arms a wipe with alcohol wipes or use a wet wipe. This is to prevent any bacteria infection. Why? <laughs> what do you need? You don't need to know that. 
<laughs> I mean, the the mother uh, said it's mind-boggling. It could do a lot. It could undo a lot of what I taught him because sometimes he would think the things that the teacher says are sometimes more important than the things mum says. They do. Ha- the teachers do have that influence and impact, which is a fair point. I mean, I love to undo what we've done. Like we only come off the crack last year. This is going to send him spiraling right back. We had an intervention and everything. He was out of control. You don't understand. Damn it, Timmy. This has to stop now. (laughs) Brings the whole new meaning to that's what I go to school for. Yeah. Seriously, though, how uh, was the teacher on meth when they decided to suggest this to a student? Maybe. Maybe This is how they're going to get their supply from now on. (laughs) Like I said, it's very Breaking Bad, isn't it? It is like the school play Breaking Bad. Maybe it is. Oh, my God. Are they doing the performance that's in Team America, the bomb, the AIDS one? Which one? The AIDS one in Team America. Oh, that one. Just... This story is kind of a beautiful example of just how horribly teaching can go wrong. Uh, in quite an innocent way. I don't think the teachers actually thought about this. They've just suddenly got, they've just got on the internet and gone, you know, my student wants to know more about how the you know more about how to make his acting believable i should help him i mean yes but then that's the point where most rational human beings would think maybe i shouldn't search how to make meth for this 13 year old child yeah i mean can you imagine oh your 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 drama project is uh, uh, the depiction of the hopelessness of homeless people so you should live under a bridge for the next three weeks write your school report up on that <laughs> yeah you're not allowed to take any uh, any money or clothes with you Tibby you're just gonna have to live in this box and if you still have all your toes left by the end that's a fail yes <laughs> I mean it can go horribly wrong and I can think of a lot worse than that of course it can go horribly wrong definitely character shaping can, uh, can you imagine if they're uh, if they're what was that uh, Nicolas Cage movie about the arms dealer called? Oh my god, Lord of War. Yes! <laughs> yeah, yeah right, me and that Lord of War. <laughs> <laughs> Little Timmy's going to take on the role, Nicolas Cage's role in Lord of War and has to do a character study. Contact your nearest arms dealer, set up some work experience. <laughs> Nikolai, why have you brought this child to the deal? Oh, don't mind him. He's just taking notes for his drama performance. <laughs> Acting, is it? Is it Shakespeare? <laughs> no, it's Nicholas Cage in Lord of War. <laughs> I think we need to end that there because there's lo- there are a lot more things we can come up with for that story. That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Yeah, well, yeah. not quite because I think the next one is... Is slightly more right. Do you know oh, the Pantone no. Institute or the Pantone Institute? They they are a volunteer organisation type thing who arbitrarily decide the names of every single colour that they can name. Right, and then apparently those guys. Yeah, Ugh. and then apparently the world has to follow what they say. And I say no. I refuse to bow down to your dictatorship. You are not the boss of me, Pantone Institute. Damn magenta fascists. Yes, they are magenta <laughs> fascists. They are the damn magenta fascists. I'm sorry, but they are. I disagree with their names for several colours, but I'm not allowed to complain about it because they've made their decision. So anyway. I mean, is there a story here or are you just having a rant about? Oh, no, no. There's a story here. There's a story here. Um... A group of scientists uh, at Rockefeller University, and they ha- they basically began with a data set uh, collected about forty uh, collected on how forty nine people, uh, many recruited from Craigslist, I might add. Oh 
good start. Perceived... So not people per se. Not people per se, but I mean, when your researchers have to go to Craigslist to look for volunteers, you know something's already gone horribly wrong. <laughs> right. But anyway, this started off as a, a, as a bit of research at Rockefeller University. And then it basically went on to the Thomas J. Watson Research Centre uh, at IBM. But the initial research, using people from Craigslist, they asked 49 people how they perceived the sense of almost 500 different chemicals. And after each sniff test, the participants were asked to select a descriptor from a list of 19 that best matched the order hitting their nose. Now, spin on a while, and they have a more robust data set. It's moved on to better premises, and they have basically, you know, when you walk into any good hardware store and you're looking to buy paint and you have those paint swatches where you can basically match, take one home and match it up to the colour on your wall to see which one's the closest match. Yeah. Well, now you have the wheel of smell where you can spin the wheel. (laughs) It's a very different type of wheel of fortune, isn't it? (laughs) They need one of these for boots. No, seriously, this is like the scratch and sniff version of Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> oh, wait, I already had one of those. What, a scratch and sniff Wheel of Fortune? Yeah, it was actually the Mr. Bean magazine that came out. It was like Mr. Bean, the animated series magazine. And it was like, the, I think the theme of it was is that uh, Mr. Bean, like every issue, Mr. Bean would be in a different country. And it had like scratch and sniff, like smells of what you'd smell in that country. And the first one was Africa. And yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't have to say any more, but there were some odd smells. I can't remember what those the smells were of, but smell uh, smell very pleasant. So yeah, <laughs> and probably didn't smell anything like Africa because Africa is a continent. That's like that saying thing as well. Uh, that's like saying, oh yeah, that's the smell of Europe. Uh, sorry, the potential for that to go horribly wrong. Yeah, I know. It is like saying, well, that's the smell of Europe. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, I, I never got the, I never got the France smell. one. I think Europe has a distinct smell. Maybe what? something kind of earthy. Yes, because it's made Margaret of land. You, Ryan. No, no, no. It's earthy because it's yeah. made of land. It is a land mass. No, no, is on the... Europe smells of lager and urine. <laughs> oh no, don't forget the cheese. Cheese, sausages, lager and urine. Unless you're in Amsterdam. <laughs> in which case, there's, the earthy smell is a lot more pronounced. So anyway, um, they've developed what is basically a wheel of smell. It's not an actual wheel wheel. It's not like you spin it round and then take a sniff. You know, although it would be... A... Can't tell me otherwise. Though no, I was going to say it would be amazing if that was what it actually was. You just spin it around and just kind of give it a little scratch and take a sniff, or it's got like bottles on it and you just spin it around, open the bottle and smell. Oh my god! Oh, contestant number one looks like you got grandma's foot fungus. <laughs> it's like it's like Russian roulette crossed with the you know those. Uh, Beans from Harry Potter. They, they actually used to do those, didn't they? Yes, they did. Because what I really like is buying a packet of sweets with the knowledge that at least one of them is going to be the worst thing I've ever tasted. Yeah. That's not a good marketable product, Harry Potter universe. <laughs> no. I think that not. Mr. Economics. Yeah. I think that Mr. Bean magazine was really onto something. I can imagine it, just like going to like a travel agent and being getting the brochure and just sm- mm. I would like to go to this country. Smells. Mm, yes, that country sounds good. I'll go to that one. <laughs> no, no, no. Can you imagine, though? Was it like a record store? You know when you, you have a song, the old the old story about when you've got a song in your head and you walk into a record store, or when they existed anyway, and you go, do you have the one that goes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. can you imagine walking into a travel agent and going, do you have the one that smells like this? I want to go to a country that like smells a like this. A bunch of scratch and sniff things on his arm. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, would Sir perhaps like to sample a smell of uh, Austria today? Yes. Would Sir like to smell the Bahamas? <laughs> I prefer the smell of third world. <laughs> You're horrible, Ryan. <laughs> yes. That's, that is the new pastime for the ultra-rich. <laughs> Just go to a travel agent, take a little whiff of the third world. <laughs> <laughs> they got to get the fix somehow. Donate a, donate a bit of cash and then go retire to their island for the next three weeks, safe in the knowledge they've done their charitable bit. Mm, yes, uh, that's the one I'd like to exploit. <laughs> <laughs> Even, like, invite all their rich friends around for parties. <laughs> yes. Oh, you must smell the Zambarian village. You can really smell the desperation in that one. Yeah. <laughs> That's so wrong. We've created a horrible industry. I know. I'd, these scientists had had lofty goals. They wanted to, they wanted to help humanity understand their uh, you know their sense of smell a bit more. But we've just destroyed it. It's all Mister Bean's fault. <laughs> Yes, and it's all way, this is the most geek show story we've ever done. <laughs> Taking no one pure, just corrupting it. Yes. <laughs> and I think as a final, just a final news story, just to, just to round things off. <laughs> it, right, I'm going to try and pronounce his name, right? Guoni Tholasius Johannesson, I think his first name is Guoni. He is the president of Iceland, and he was recently asked by a schoolchild how he feels about a certain pizza topping. You know? Oh no, I know about this. But according to the Metro, the president replied that he hates that particular type of pizza so much that he'd ban pineapple on pizza if he was able to make and pass laws on his own. Hawaiian pizzas. He wants to ban Hawaiian pizzas. I mean, I'm fine we all this. spent so much time criticising Trump. Clearly we found the real monster. See, this story has actually split a lot of people because Hawaiian pizzas are one of those things. You either love them or you hate them. It's, yeah, yeah, it's basically the Marmite pizza. Wrong. Yeah, it's, it's basically the Marmite pizza because I can't stand pineapple on my pizza. But Andrew... You like it, don't you? I do. It is, like, possibly my top pizza topping. See? Well, I mean, like, pineapple and... You wouldn't just have the pineapple on its own. That that would be a madness, Rob. That would be madness and anarchy. You need it with a nice bit of ham there as well. Yeah, I understand that. And, you know, I understand the flavours do marry quite well. I used to work in a kit... I, I used to be a cook, so uh, I do understand the flavours quite well. It's just, it's not for me. I don't like it, you know? I'm clearly not for the president of Iceland. Yeah, I know, but I wouldn't go as far as to say, I'm going to ban it. I'm going to make it illegal for you to eat Hawaiian pizza. Uh, damn pineapples. They come over to Iceland. They send over all their murdering and thieving pineapples. And probably some good ones as well. What we need is we need to build a wall. Make the pineapples <laughs> pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> See, I read this and I just went, I don't know how to actually follow this story with anything. I don't think I've ever oh. seen any world leader try and ban a particular type of food. Hmm. I think Apple should have named their uh, new building the Pineapple Ring because people either love them or hate them. <laughs> yes. No, because when you if you called it the Pineapple Ring, then there's all sorts of euphemisms there, mate. <laughs> 
Way off to way off to Tim. I'm going to spend time at the pineapple ring or in the pineapple ring. Anyway, do you think people are going to start sending like the President Rice and just loads of slices of pizza with pineapple on it? I hope they do. I'll just send it. I'll just bombard his uh, inbox with loads of pictures of pineapple and pizzas. Yes. Can Actually, you imagine the protests? Wasting it. I think. Can you imagine the protests? <laughs> yes. People just like sit in the waiting room of his office eating pineapple pizza. I want to be part of that protest. <laughs> what, the uh, the great pineapple protest? Uh, the great, great Icelandic pineapple protest, as it will be known in years to come. It's like whenever he drives past a street corner now, there'll be a man standing there shaking a pineapple at him. <laughs> <laughs> I just like the idea of having a mass eating of pineapple and pizzas. <laughs> What is this the new Occupy movement? They're going to sit outside the Parliament building eating pineapple. Sorry, the yeah, the yeah. did I say the pineapple building? The Parliament building eating pineapple. So now you got me imagining we had a weird cross between the Icelandic government and SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> See, I went down the weird crossover of uh, Hawkeye and that Occupy comic that I read with pineapple with added pineapples. <laughs> it's a very different comic. I'm hungry now. It's pineapple pizza. <laughs> All right. Okay. Anyway, um, on that note, uh, I think we're pretty much at the end of the show. So uh, I, I, I won't disagree. Andrew is going to get a Hawaiian pizza. I'm going to get co- get more coffee because I think I need some now. Ryan, what are you doing? I'm going to smell some countries. <laughs> yes. Uh, For my uh, capitalist ventures. Yeah. We'll see you all next time here on the Geek Show with more strange things that have been happening in the world. But until then, take care and have fun. And thanks for listening.